Siri, what's the best movie ever? My favorites mostly involve robots and aging silent movie stars. Robots and aging movie stars. Aging silent movie stars. Silent movie stars. Okay. That's two opposite so, ends of the spectrum. So what what movies is it talking about? It shows on here for some reason 24 films. Okay, hold on. I, I know which... I would say of those two descriptions, it's talking about the agent silent, aging silent movie star is Sunset Boulevard. No it's question. It's not on here. How is that not... That... That's... I don't. I don't really know That's where. I don't. I don't really know where, where they pull this from. But do you, do you want me to list off the twenty-four films the, that pop up the on ro- here? The, okay, the robot movie has to be two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Wait, can, can I show you what? Can I tell you what, what comes on here? Yeah. Okay, this is in no particular order. Piss me off if neither of these are on. You're there. gonna be. You're gonna be upset. <laughs> uh, Wasteland. Yeah, that's. I don't. I don't think I've even seen it. Series drunk. <laughs> Toy Story two. Longtime companion Henry V. Hotel Terminus, Paris, Texas. That's actually a really good movie. Paris, Texas is good. I've seen that. Uh, Places in the Heart, Broadway, Danny Rose, Local Hero, Burden of My Dreams, Coal Miner's Daughter. What? Harlan County, USA, The Godfather, Day for Night, Murder on the Orient. Oh, on the Oriental Express. Yeah. Uh, Lily. Lily. Okay. The Wages of Fear, Lovers and Other Strangers, Odd Man Out, Five Fingers, The Last Command... Cask door, Pinocchio and Julius Caesar. I th- you know what I, th- I think it is. Okay, well, Th- these all have one hundred percent on um, Rotten Tomatoes. So those those aren't what she was actually talking about then. Because well, the only one, The Godfather is like the only one that would be debatable as the best movie of all time on there. Can we uh, agree that Siri shouldn't host a podcast then? No, on Siri sucks. <laughs> She can answer a lot of things, but when it comes to best movies of all time, although I think she is, I think she's saying Sunset Boulevard in 2001: A Space Odyssey, which I I, I would agree. I'll debate with either of those. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those she are just forgot films. to include them on her list. Yeah, I think you're both taking a cell phone's point of view a little too hey. strongly on this. Welcome, everybody, to 5 Film Podcast. I'm Mike Glennon. And I'm Chad Cooper. Every episode, we select a topic from the serious to the ridiculous and each choose our top five favorite films for that topic. We then have a third person join us to create our final list from our individual lists, which we'll post for you on Twitter and Instagram. Today's judge, returning. How many per- weeks in a row has it been for you now? Well, maybe, maybe four, maybe? Producer Michelle. Producer Michelle. <laughs> I feel like it's been four because I think Mario was here before he went to Brazil. Yeah, we'll we'll have a new judge next week. Cause as amazing as you are as judge, we can't we next can't week keep overworking you. You're producing, you're judging. Yeah, you're doing our a great job at both. Though our topic today, our topic today is actually a very fun one. Fun topic, and it was topic. given to like us it. by producer Michelle. Producer Michelle, based on. I actually was on Twitter and I saw that there is uh, William Dickerson who uh, made a documentary called The Micro Budget Revolution. Um, and so, yeah, we decided to, we've held on to the topic for a little while because we wanted to make sure that we picked like the, the best films. micro yeah. budgets. 
Uh, Michael Rudget is a movie that is under one million dollars. One million dollars. <laughs> my finger <laughs> is at my side of my lip. Yeah. Uh, it's so the yeah. 1990s. That kind of money doesn't even exist. <laughs> so this is just a shout out to everyone that's on Twitter who might be listening. That we obviously do take your suggestions. Yeah. Uh, and Larissa. Damn. Yeah, Larissa's. She's put in a a few. Have we her listened to her chat? I I have. I have. Yeah. Have we done any of her suggestions? She wanted the romantic comedy. She was all about that. We put that on there. There and you we, go. We did it with a vengeance. So I thought that I thought that this was going to be one of those topics that was hard to do when we first put that out there. The micro budgets is going to be really yeah, difficult. Yeah, I thought we were going to have to do some uh, deep research. This was my second most difficult topic. I love a good deep research. My <laughs> second most difficult topic behind female producer or directors for for picking. Yep. Yeah, for breaking it down. Yep. All right. Well, hey. On that note, start Remember, off. Remember, wait to follow us on Twitter and Instagram oh. at Five Film Pod and send us an email at Five Film Podcast Gmail dot com intro got all screwed sorry we gotta market that we gotta get this out of there <laughs> and let, let's officially let's officially do some honorable mentions here let, no let's officially name our topic oh top five top micro five. budget films we've been because michelle was talking about micro budgets people probably probably they, got they, it they picked up on that we i have hope. a smart we have We're, a smart we feel our audience body. is intelligent like that but so the the criteria is any movie that was made for a million dollars or, or under less. yeah now there were some very significant, important films that were made for under a million dollars. We're going to get to those. Most recently, uh, The Blair Witch Project. That's Not your honorable really my mention? favorite movie. I've got a couple, but okay. this is staggering. Do you know what the, the, um, the budget for that movie was? I do. $22,500. Do you know how much money it made? A quarter billion dollars at the box office. <laughs> I think I I think that's the highest like when you actually from a percentage yeah, for growth a percentage that's yeah. insane it's it, and the the marketing for that film like that movie just came out at the perfect time it was like when the internet was like starting to become huge and it was like yep. the way that it was marketed as a true story everybody went on the uh, everybody went on the website and was like oh my god this is like an actual actual footage from like what happened and. I thought it was real for like the first like month and then I saw it and I'm like, okay. Could yeah. you imagine if you were an investor, if you were a movie producer, producer and they said, hey, I've got a really younger. good idea. At the end of it, <laughs> your investment is going to go up 10,000 times. Imagine you invested in that film. Like, oh, I'll, I'll put in $1,000. So I don't actually know who really invested in it. For 22 grand, I wonder if it was almost a self-funded. Yeah, like. Is that how Bill Gates became Bill Gates? I've got two more. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just throw it out there. Um, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Another very kind of now considered to be fairly came classic modern classic comedy. comedy. Yeah, called classic modern comedy. Made for $400,000. And one that I would not have guessed based on the fact that they drove around in a desert, which for what seemed like ever was the original Mad Max. Yeah. Made for two hundred thousand dollars in Australia. I love that original Very, movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually was surprised to see that because I was I was doing research on all the uh, all the different movies too, and I was surprised to see Mad Max on that list as well. It seemed like they should. They used a lot of. They blew a lot of cars up in that first movie. I thought. See, a lot of these micro budget movies are from directors who were obviously nobodies, and then made a movie, and then became, and then became yeah. huge, like. 
Evil Dead made by mm-hmm. Sam Raimi. They made, yeah, they he made that for I think it was fifty five thousand, and then obviously blew up, and now you know he just he is Sam he can Raimi. make he made the the Spider Man, which yep. obviously that was wants. um that was what it was. What did you say? I said that was what it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um. Yeah, well, a couple of my honorable mentions. I got the David Lynch film Eraserhead. Eraserhead was done, yeah. Yeah, that was under a million. That was, uh, I think it was 36,000, which, yep. um, yeah. Grew. I mean, how many times have you watched Eraserhead? Uh, only once. That's a real. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real tough one. It's. Uh, I, re- I really like it in hindsight. And when I was watching it, I was like, whoa. That's one of those movies that nothing really disturbing happens, but man, I was really disturbed <laughs> the whole movie. Yeah, I should actually watch it again because I watched it when I was younger, and I don't know if I appreciated it because I was like, too disturbed yeah, by it. That guy in there who looked like he was constantly being burned or scalded or something. Yeah, like that. he was hammering on that thing. That just he had all the boils on his skin. No, it was uh, it was extremely disturbing. What's really strange is that if you read about what was going on in Lynch's life at that time. Yeah, it's it kind of gives you a bit of an inner, like a bit of a look into what goes on in his brain, because he was he was living in. F- I'm gonna get this wrong, so I was gonna call me out on it, but I think he was living in Philly, and he was expecting his first kid. Okay. And he was living in a place that had a. Uh, it was like an apartment that looked out onto a brick wall. Okay. And he w- hadn't really got any. He was trying to figure out what to do with his film career and all these things he wants Probably to do. Nothing, feeling like nothing was really working out. And if really you watch the movie, it's like they give birth to that weird alien yeah. type creature thing. Like all the symbol, all the symbolism in it, and you relate it back to what seemed to be going on in his life at the time. The kind of desperation of not knowing what to do, being stuck in this sort of working man's it's type like a claustrophobic area. feel because yeah. he's staring was, at a brick wall outside yeah, it, was, it was just really strange. Like wh- I, I didn't know that when I first saw it, and then I read something about what he was doing at the time, but. It was the first movie to he he made it on a on a on a grant. It, it was I forget what it was called. It's it's now like a fairly famous, fairly well known like national film, like U.S. National Film Registry grant or something like that. Yeah, and so that it was the very first movie they ever funded. And that, he just blew up after that, and then just made crazier movie after crazier movie. Yeah. But um, another first time director in a low budget film was Clerks. Kevin Smith, who directed that, because that talk about Kevin that Smith blew him up. Yeah, what's your stance? You like though? Kevin Smith? Overall, not as a at director, all. No. like his movies. I like him, but uh, his movies, no. Because really, what has he done that is? I love Dogma. Dogma is clever. I, I really it's like. Very it. clever. It's well written. Really like, but other than Dogma, I don't love any of his movies. Yeah, Mallrats. Yeah, they're good. Clerks, um, it's fine. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, Ch- chasing, chasing Amy. Chasing Amy. I guess would be the other one that people. And that's all right. Yeah, it's good. It's nothing great. Yeah. Like he did that one. Um, what was it with Ben Affleck and Jersey Girl? Yeah, Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl. Dogma, right? um, that was terrible. Ben Affleck allegedly won't. It's it's like a thing that when he does uh, press conferences, yeah, that's a known thing. Is that he, you're not allowed to talk about, talk Jersey, about Girl? Jersey Girl? It's like Batman and Robin for George Clooney. No, George Clooney embraces it. <laughs> good for him. All right. Well, we'll go on to uh, the list here then. Okay. So I think you're going to have my number five on your list because I know you enjoy this film. What do you got? 
It was made for $777,000, and that's the George Lucas film, American Graffiti. This is way up on my list. Number five for you. I know you love this movie, and this movie is like the old school, kind of dazed to confused type teenager movie. Yeah. Um, but a, a whole group of teenagers that grew that uh, takes California. place in the fifties and they're sixty two. Uh, oh, it's sixty two. Takes place in sixty two. Oh, yeah, it was like the 50s. very the very very end of the cruiser era. So it'd be like okay. really early sixties. Yeah. Yeah, cruising around town. Nineteen sixty two in Modesto, California. Harrison Ford's first role. Yeah. And he he does a great job in it. He's amazing he, in it. He's got a cowboy hat on in that. He maybe. does. That's kind of a, a future Indiana Jones there, right? The film was made for you. He said exactly $777,000. Yeah. Sorry, 777... Sorry, jeez. 700,000... $777,000. $777,000. they said was the actual thing. So it's this, 77 cents. Really? So <laughs> all sevens. Lucky number seven. 777, 777.77. And what did he... What and... No, nope. it get to the, seven, seven, seven? the rumor <laughs> is that it was pro- well, it was produced by Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, and the budget was that exact, and the film was delivered exactly on budget and on time. Well, if if that's true, because those are all sevens, seven's a lucky number. Yep. What did he make after this movie that became first maybe one Star of the Wars. biggest movies of all time Star, Star Wars. Wars so and he self-funded that first one right the money that he, that made, he made from this with American Graffiti which is apparent which his Steven Spielberg his friend Spielberg had said the first rule of directing is you never finance your own film yeah and he's like well we're screw t- that <laughs> we're, we're doing it Jeez. that's crazy eh I know I know so so many great young actors in this Ron Howard plays a plays a great role the uh Played Opie and uh, Andy Griffith, and yeah. one of one of our better directors nowadays. Um, yeah, Harrison Ford, uh, his his first uh, first role in it. Yeah, just a very simple movie. Such a the good soundtrack script, is though. amazing. It it is like this is like kind of like a slice of life type movie. It feels yeah. like you're just like watching these kids grow up yep. in in the early 60s, and it's it's such a different time when you watch it I like nowadays. Too that it's, it's great. One of the th- one of the one of the topics of of the the um, one of the themes of the movie that's that's really universal. You can apply it to, I think, anywhere and also to any generation. Is just that anytime you have this coming of age story, there are people who stay, there are people who leave, yeah, there are people who achieve great things. There are people who kind of lead a simple, and they cover all those individual topics. There's a guy that stayed, there's a guy who leaves and they get kind of upset at him. Yeah. They have that, that conversation. It's and Ron Howard's like, leaving in it. I think yeah. his character. Yeah. And then you get, you know, the, the relationship tensions of that. Yeah. And then also the idea of like the kind of older guy, Harrison Ford kind of coming back. Yeah. And you know, is that like a, is he a cool guy or is he kind of sad? Like, what? Well, how does that, these confused took a lot from this because oh, McConaughey yeah. is like the Harrison Ford character, the older guy coming back, yeah. and then yeah, you're right. There's like the rebellious character. Yeah. There's the guy that's they're all in there. And this was the 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 whole as, as a music freak myself. This is the movie that I loved because Sound the cool. whole movie was just tied together by the radio. Yeah, right. Everybody's gr- driving around listening to the same station. Yeah, so you would go from one story to the next. And they're listening. And they the would, and they would pick up as too. the song was moving along. I love that Good idea. Good call. That is, that this is, is really cool. They yeah. did that. He spent, a, I think he spent most of the film's budget on the soundtrack. Yeah. The soundtrack's really good too. I know to buy all the rights to all those. Yeah. 
I was probably like 700 and then he spent 77.77 cents. Um, my number five is the 1998 Aronofsky film, Pi. Yeah. Uh, but a paranoid mathematician who searches for a key number that will unlock universal patterns found in nature made for $68,000. Uh, it was, the budget was raised on $100 donations from his family and friends. When the film got picked up, he gave everybody back $150. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, there were no location permits because there was no budget, basically. So they had they they essentially hired somebody who was on constant lookout for police so they could shut down production and move on if they needed to. Yeah? Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's a crazy movie. Have you seen Pi? I have, yeah. It's really yeah out there. I it, bought it, it sets the stage for Black Swan to me a lot. Yeah. I bought that in a dual DVD with Requiem for a Dream. I yeah, try oh, watching those back set. to back. You tried to do that? I did. Did you actually do it? Yeah, you don't feel good after. No, <laughs> you really don't. It's not th- a, that's not a feel good Sunday. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> that. No, you don't want that to be on any given Sunday. <laughs> no, I know. Producer Michelle tried to make a joke. wasn't funny. She got defensive about it. Uh oh. <laughs> or judge. All right. On to my number four. My number four is the 2007 box office hit, Paranormal Activity. Box office hit. With your voice. It was uh, It was made for $15,000. That's insane. These horror movies could potentially, like, if, if, if you look at the percentage of the box office versus the investment, yeah. horror movies just must dominate well, that conversation that's the thing like there's the the halloween the blair witch project like those movies were made for next to nothing actually because we said at the beginning of the show blair witch might have been the most profitable um <laughs> this was that. paranormal activity it took in over 193 million at the box office on a budget of what yeah uh, on a budget of fifteen thousand. 193 Oof. million on a budget of fifteen thousand. most profitable f- profitable film of all time Jeez. based on that um so this movie i remember when it came out and it actually got a lot of word of mouth because the internet was it was well done um for the marketing it 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 was said like i guess they they had people like outside of the theaters that told people if you like this movie please go to this website and like write a review and like share it with your friends so it kind of got that it just like got word of mouth and it kept building. going. Because I remember I, I I went to the movie theater and saw it. Right. And I had heard a little bit about it before. But then I started spreading the word. I'm like, you guys got to see this. It's like, huh. it's very different and it's, it's really cool. And then it, it came out in the theaters, started like showing in more yeah. more movies, movie theaters. And a lot of people started talking about it after that. So, hmm. yeah. But overall, like I know it was made for a lot uh, not a lot of money but i think it's a really solid film i think it it it's scary agree. it it, it, is re- it is really scary. yeah a lot it's of people really can't take take the film yeah, like it is people really are terrified of it so overall very very solid my number four going in a very different direction is the 1989 jim sheridan film okay with daniel day lewis and brenda fricker my left foot this is a micro budget made for exactly one million dollars. One million dollars. Really? Yeah. yeah. Good. Very good film. 
uh, about a true story about Christy Brown, who was born with a very very severe cerebral palsy, learned to paint and write with his only controllable limb, which is his left foot. The film, it's the only film to ever get an A-plus rating in Entertainment Weekly. Yeah? Interesting fact. And Daniel, apparently, crazy method actors, he broke two ribs from sitting hunched over for weeks at a time because he, he did a full-on method with this one. Yeah, yeah. He refused to come out of character, so whenever they would go to like the cafeteria to eat or the craft services yeah. during, during filming, he would get people in the film crew to feed him and stuff like that. Wow. He stayed in character for the whole filming. His yeah, they said it actually kind of pissed off some of the cast members. That's insane. <laughs> they were like, just stand up. And he wasn't like Daniel Day-Lewis back then. That was no. like when he was... That was his first nomination, I think. Yeah. And he won for that. Yeah, he did. So, but could you imagine like the physical toil that would take on you if you're breaking ribs just for a part in a movie? Yeah, you know that's got. Oh, you're man. taking you're taking it's acting to a whole new level. Some, yeah. Is that Jim Sheridan's first film? I think it I is. I don't know off the top of my head, but I think it is. Yeah, because if you made it for that little amount, yeah, it's really really low. But no, it's it, and I think it's cool to see micro budget films that get really good critical ratings not yeah. just like oh it's a good but my, my my thing with pie was that it's like a good first effort yeah you know, like it's good um my left foot is for a micro budget that's just a, it's a really good film yeah because that, that's that's the thing like a lot of these micro budget yeah they they do well um at the box office yep. but are they are critically they acclaimed and that was critically acclaimed yep. so i've got some good ones coming up for you all right, my uh, my number three film. Not sure if you've seen this, but uh, this was very under the radar when it came out. It's a 2011 movie uh, called Take Shelter. Yeah. Directed by That's Jeff Nichols. Yes. Very, very uh, underrated new director. He also made the movie Mud by uh, I, I like Matthew, Mud. Ma- with Did you Matthew see McConaughey. Mud? Great like, film. Yeah, it's really good. So this stars uh, Michael Shannon it, yeah. and Jessica Chastain. <laughs> And this was during Jessica Chastain's big big movie year when she made uh, Zero Dark Thirty, and yep. um, yeah, she was nominated for that. So this was kind of like an under under the radar film, and it's about um, about a guy who's he's 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 like plagued by a series of apocalyptic visions, and he's he's a husband and a father, and he kind of questions his family's safety because he f- yeah. sees these visions and he thinks something's like bad bad's coming and uh like a storm is gonna come or like something's gonna so he's got to put his family just to make that decision right yeah so he's trying to protect his family but it's like it's kind of like borderline is he going insane Mm -hmm. or is this actually happening and it's just so well done and it's it's such a low low budget film um the fact that like the special effects in it there's no cgi but it like it comes across so much so much more potent with like the storms and everything. It was a budget of five thousand dollars. It was made for five thousand dollars. Did Chastain do it for free? I, she must have. Yeah. I suppose they. What'll happen a lot of the time, which is which is how some of these actors like Downey Jr. made like a hundred million last year, because they 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 do it for they take percentage points of the film's uh, box office. Yeah. Instead of taking salary. My bad on that. It's fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, that seemed. Yeah, but I still, was, was going to say. Still, yeah. that wouldn't even cover their salaries if they got paid properly. So they must have done it for free. That's pretty cool. They made a million, millions, one point seven. So, that's cool. Yeah. Chastain, man, I'm I'm waiting for her to. Uh, 
I really like her. I really like her as an actress. Yeah, she's gonna. She'll be one of those I'm people re- that she'll win an Academy Award someday. Yeah, I'm waiting for it. Like, I'm, what is she? She's got a couple things coming out this year. She made. Really she are. made uh, a most violent year last year. I liked her in that movie. Yeah, and, and she was movie. very, very solid in that. Yep. She also made Tree of Life. Tree of Life like was it. the same year as as this movie too. I know. Yeah, Tree of Life. Is that the one with Hugh Jackman? Um, tr- no, that was with uh, Brad Pitt. Oh, sorry. That that's the um, Sean Penn's in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting that all mixed up. Yeah. Sorry. What was the one that Hugh Jackman did with? Uh, Oh, you're thinking of the fountain? Fountain. Yeah. That's the one. Sorry. Yeah, I, I really want Chastain to do well. I'm kind of waiting for her to have like that movie that everyone's just like, okay. Because she seems like somebody who's on that verge of, we know she's a great actress. We're waiting for her to do that big career-defining role. She's coming out with the new horror movie by Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Um, Where's Mario? Guillermo. Yeah, Guillermo. Guillermo. Um, yeah, it's called Crimson Peak. Peak. It's ghost stories. Love ghost stories. So it's looking forward to, to be that. It's, it's some of the uh, initial reviews that I've read on it say it's supposed to be quite good actually. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see it. My number three also came very very close to the million dollar line. It was made for a budget of nine hundred sixty thousand dollars. Nine sixty. Do you know who this would be or what this is? Nine hundred sixty thousand. Nineteen seventy six. Is this Rocky? Directed by Jazz yeah, Rocky. Rocky. This is a micro-budget film. Well, let's talk about it. A working-class boxer works his way up to the World Heavyweight Championship. I'm going to set this up for you because I know you love to play your theme song. (laughs) Yeah, this this movie's amazing. Yeah, I know. And the fact that it was made for such a little amount. Many of the scenes in the movie, so the punching, the meat in the freezer, running up steps to the Philadelphia Museum of Art, are taken from the real-life exploits of Joe Frazier, who actually had a cameo in the film, but was not credited. It's weird, though. He... Um, didn't, I, don't, I think he went uncredited in, in the film. He did. Yeah, Frazier did. Yeah. 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 And and they used Carl Weathers' character as, was based on Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, What was yeah. his name in Rocky? Sorry. Uh, Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed, yeah. yeah. And Stallone and Muhammad Ali staged a, apparently like a fake, I haven't seen it, I looked it up online, but it was kind of like a fake fight or like a fake kind of little yeah. thing at the Oscars that year to let everyone know that like he was, he didn't take, oh, off- really? he didn't take offense to it. I, for, I forgot. I, w- I was going to look it up when I, when I read that the other that's day. That's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It's so, it's so, like, the story of Rocky is, like, it, it feels like it's just, like, such a simple story. And it's, it's like, almost surprising that a movie wasn't really made with that kind of story this before. This is the movie. I, I have a, a kind of feeling that Americans love... Like, 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 every 10 years or so, there has to be a movie like this that comes out yeah. that is about, like... The underdog The story. American dream. Yeah. And the fact that no one achieves it anymore. But they have to still think that it's doable. And this is the story. This is the, the movie that's just like that, right? Boxing is the, the sport to do it's it, the too. American dream like sport, right? Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. That was another one that uh, that was big. Invincible, um, Invincible. with Mark Wahlberg, yep. where he tries out for the Philadelphia Eagles, makes a team. Vince, Vince uh, and Polly. Oh, yeah. I... Um, I have really mixed feelings about this movie in hindsight. Like, I like the movie. Stallone, just, man, how do you make this and then become who we all know as being Stallone? Well, I it's think... So, it's so upsetting because this movie is so... If you start your career here, 
I mean, wow. Well, he probably had he like became such a massive actor. His, but is, but he probably had he, he could have done like artistically he could have done anything. He went from this until. But I think he Rambo. knew his limits. Like he, this yeah. is there's no question that Rocky One is Stallone's best acting job. Mm-hmm. No debate. But he kind of plays himself a little bit in it. You might be right. You might be right that he he might just be really smart in knowing that this yeah. was as far he as he knew, was going to get with it. He knew his limits. He's like, okay, Maybe. I'm going to be an action star. But at the same time, could he have really? Although, and actually, in in his defense as well, I will say that the action star genre didn't exist yet. Yeah, right? it was kind of coming out then because Schwarzenegger even was like the late seventies. That's so Bruce he, Willis was until like the eighties. Um, the action genre didn't 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 exist yeah. till the eighties. Steven really. Seagal, Jean Claude Van Damme, they all, all came out like mid eighties, nineties, yep. yeah, all mid late eighties. Yeah. So Stallone kind of started it. Yeah. Right. The whole him and him and the Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So like I really, wonder, like Clint Eastwood was before that, but he wasn't really yeah, action. That's a bit action. Yeah. I, I just think what we consider to be kind of like the modern what day action. Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson was an action star. All the death wishes. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I just think it, it, it kind of bugs me that, or maybe it doesn't bug me, but I, when you think about all of the potential talent, no, I agree. And like, but if, a lot of people, if you are, them. if you are an actor or an, an artist of any kind and you do something, you, I'm sure have that moment where you could go, I can put it like, I, I did this now I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So I can either take the, I'm going to go on a limb and call it the easy route and say, I can just like go to the gym every day and I can become an action star. I'd also really put, you're telling me you got to put a lot of energy into Rambo. Yeah. Come on. No, I know. Or I can put in some real effort and try to slug my way through to becoming like a great actor. But there is something to say for knowing your limits and and making movies that. And also for defining a whole genre and a whole era. He made, his movies made a ton of money because he just, everybody loved him. I guess everybody has a different thing that they're kind of going after. And you got to give him respect for not selling out either. Like he wanted to star in this movie. So many, uh, so many companies offered him so much money to I take the I think that that's why over. I find him so confusing and that you would go through hell to get this movie made. You would take your artistic stand on this and then, and then you're like, awesome. Next up, Rambo. <laughs> and <laughs> next up, Daylight. What was the next <laughs> one for him? Jungle Land or something like that? Which one? What was the next movie he did? Uh, was it Jungle Land or something? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And then Rambo maybe after that. All right, good choice. Um, We're going to go on to uh, my number two. My number two is based on a true story. It's the 2004 film, Open Water. Uh I love Mm -hmm. this movie. It was made. You have for, a real thing with sharks. It's made for five hundred thousand dollars. Can we talk about your fear of sharks? I find this movie terrifying for that reason. I think anybody who has a fear of sharks, this movie is so real when it comes to that. I know people that hate this movie, and yeah. I can understand it. It's shot. It's another movie where not a lot happens for a while. It's yeah, very. It's shot with a do- very documentary film. It's like it's it's got a shaky camera at the beginning. It's about a couple who are going on vacation. The beginning's very slow, yep. very dry. But it's based on a true story about a couple that uh, accidentally get left behind when they go out scuba diving. diving. Um, and uh, it's, um, it's, it's just such a scary thing to like put yourself in. So when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, if this actually happened to me, it would be like one of the worst fears ever. Can like, you tell and refresh my memory what happens to the couple at the end? 
We're gonna we're gonna yeah. throw out some spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert! We're, we're this is a podcast. Of, we're the king of spoilers. This movie's not. This movie's <laughs> hey, not. Hey, I want new. people to watch this. This movie's film. not new. So this movie is essentially about two a couple floating pause, in the water. Pause the recording. Go watch the movie. Yeah. And come back and come back, and then you're gonna hear what it's. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so the movie's about a couple that's just floating in the water. They get left behind um, during scuba di- uh, during during a scuba diving trip. And then they get, they start floating. They start drifting deeper and deeper out to the ocean, and they get it. They get stuck in shark-infested waters. Yeah. And they actually use real sharks in this this movie. There do were nets involved. Do they both live? Like, I'm sorry. Do they both survive? No, they both die. They both die. The, the oh right, and they the they guy, never found them. Was not that what it was? Well, the guy gets bit, and then he kind of yeah. slowly dies, yeah. and then she drowns herself at the end because she's so scared. So she she doesn't want to live anymore because he dies. He gets himself. pulled over. He gets Do pulled. Do you know under. how difficult? Side note: How difficult it would be to drown yourself? Yeah. Intentionally. I I don't think it'd be. <laughs> think about that. That's yeah. got to be really. No, hard that's to why do. this movie is so disturbing. Yeesh. And it's like they find out that they're missing at the end, and they send out a helicopter, yeah. and it's it's so sad because like their uh, their scuba diving equipment like comes into the shore at the end of the movie, and they show that, and it's like, guy, it's just it's terrifying. And you have a real fear of sharks to begin with. All I can think of when I watch is is that could be me. And if but I was in that situation. Dive. That's why I don't scuba dive. <laughs> <laughs> so it can't be. It's, it's very similar to Jaws in a lot of ways. Yeah. It messes with your yeah, head. Yeah. I think it's the second best shark movie of all time. Number one's Jaws. My number two movie we've already talked about. Producer Michelle. The 1973 George Lucas film American Graffiti. With Richard Dreyfuss, Ron Howard, Harrison Ford, Cindy Williams, Candy Clark, Mackenzie Phillips. I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. It's a great Go film. Go and buy the soundtrack. Both of them. They're both double discs. They're both great. Go watch it. Fantastic $777,777.77. Especially if you like Dazed and Confused because it's kind of like yeah. the earlier version of that. This movie makes me f- wish I was alive then. During the sick, 100%. I would, just, I would love to have been a part of that. that Simpler moment. time. I I've always wanted to. Michelle's gonna get mad because we're just rambling now. But I would love to be to live in a time when we could go to the drive-in diner when that was like a thing. Yeah, the diners seemed like such a great thing to me. See, it was it was such a simple Friday night, right? It People was. would drive around. They go to like fast food restaurants. Milkshakes. They'd hang out outside of their car. Yeah, grab a milkshake. You know, it was milkshakes. It was all about oh, cars and cars and food and. People weren't, yeah. you know, it, it's it's much more hardcore it now. Seems it's simpler. The internet wasn't around. Yeah, it was just a simple time. Yep. All right. Number one. My number one has already been mentioned by you. It's oh. a 1976 film, Rocky. Number one for you. I got to go Rocky. Okay. How can you not? It's under a million dollars. Yeah. One best picture. What what micro-budget film won best picture yeah, besides Rocky? Be. So it's my number one, no question. All right. My number one... Uh, purely based well maybe not purely it's really well directed but all i would say mostly based on the performance the 2008 film bronson with nicholas Winding that's Ruffin. your number one guy i'm gonna go out on a limb and just say have you seen it yeah and say that this might be this has got to get considered as one of the best performances like yeah. it's it's amazing he is how good he, he is, is his transformation the real life real. exploits of michael gordon peterson also known as Charles Bronson 
by his fighting promoter. He spent almost his entire life, or his entire adult life, in solitary confinement. Although he's never killed anybody. I I I would bet he's that, crazy. I would bet that most people wouldn't be able to tell this is Tom Hardy if he didn't. I tell know him. on a budget of two hundred thirty thousand dollars. So here's some crazy stats about Hardy's performance in this. Um. Bronson met with Hardy a bunch, and he shaved off his mustache, and they made Hardy's mustache out of mustache. Charles Bronson's Shut actual up. mustache. Serious? True story. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, That's Bronson's crazy. a bit of a trippy dude. Um, he stated that Tom Hardy is the only person who ever could play him. Hardy put on 42 pounds for the role. Yeah, he's a big boy in it. He was doing 2,500 press-ups a day. He's massive. Which is just, yeah, he's... And the line, it was absolute madness at its very best was actually written by Bronson. That's uh, one of the taglines. That's, tag cool. That's real cool. He's, he's, he's a weird dude. I did a bunch of research into him after watching the movie. He's a, he's a interesting guy. He's like a poet and an artist and stuff. He's just got this weird really? street. He almost seems to like the solitary. He's written a bunch of really successful books on how to work out in confined spaces. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. And they're, they're apparently all very, very good. It's all these kind of like weird, if you have no weight. So they're great. They sold really well for people who were like, do travel a lot. Well, people who are working considering that stuff. he spent years and years in solitary confinement, that would be yeah. the type of person that could write a book yeah. like that. <laughs> My name is Charlie Bronson. Scaring this us. has got to be Hardy's best role. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think he's done anything yet. Not that, like this. That matches that. It does a from a directorial perspective, it does a really good job of blurring the line between comedy and horror because it's kind of funny in spots, but it's really horrific in a lot of spots do you, do you think hardy wins a best actor award at some point in his yeah, life oh, yeah you think so how does he not because there's a, i love how i love how you can like that that's one thing i like to do is like take like an actor that's like not that big and kind of say like would people have ever said matthew mcconaughey would have won a best actor <laughs> there award? was a john oliver bit recently where they said things you would never have said in 2004 yeah one of them was that matthew mcconaughey won this oscar it's very true though it's it like who, who can you call that's going to win a best actor like i don't think johnny depp will ever win a best actor award no i still think he might get nominated at some point i don't think he has it in him will tom cruise ever win a best actor award no and that kind of bugs me because i think he should have won for Did, you don't think he'll make something in his older no, days no i don't dominates? no Maybe a best supporting actor. Maybe award? once he gets past this whole like action thing right now. Every yeah. every, every movie that, that, that he makes now is like him trying to do his own stunts and make I a hope, statement about I that. I hope he wins an Academy Award. I would love to I see Cruz. I have no problem win. with it either. I think Hardy does. I think Chastain does. I think they win it the same year. Ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Call on that first on five film pod. Put it on the board. Tom Hardy's my favorite actor now. Yeah? Yeah. Side note, watch Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. It's a TV series. Okay. It's really good. I'll check with her Tom out. Hardy and Celine Murphy. Tremendous. Yeah, no, I like Tom Hardy. And Sa- and uh, Sam Neill. Re- you'll really like it. It's good. Sam Neill. Yep. Eh? All right. So let's uh, let's count down the uh, the list here then. Okay. So my number five is American Graffiti uh, versus Pi. My number four is Paranormal Activity versus My Left Foot. My number three is Take Shelter Ooh, versus Rocky. My number two is Open Water. Versus American Graffiti. My number one is Rocky. Versus Bronson. Rocky. <laughs> Rocky. Uh, okay. Producer Michelle, Yo. back in action. Um, number five. I'm going to have to go with, oh, my computer shut off. Pie. Pie's a great film. Ooh. So American Graffiti might be picked later on in the show. Maybe. <laughs> Why don't we wait and see? We won't have to wait very long, though, so don't worry. Uh, for Paranormal Activity versus My Left Foot, 
I'm gonna have to go with my left foot because I have a total soft spot for stories with people that have disabilities. Uh, I thought you were gonna say like you have a total stories. soft spot for your left foot. My left foot is probably my favorite <laughs> foot. It's a you good. You like foot. your left foot better than your right foot? I don't really have a preference. I feel like my right foot because I'm right-footed, so it kicks the ball <laughs> when I. <laughs> we're gonna stop that there. Uh, when three. I dance, it's my lead foot. I don't know what that. I means. don't know how to dance. Yeah, so. either do I. Uh, three take shelter versus Rocky. I'm gonna have to go with Rocky. Rocky. This is a sweep. Mike is chanting "sweep" over on the side. Uh, number two, Open Water versus American Graffiti. While Open Water is a great film, you do like it, and I can understand why it would be scary. Terrifying. I don't Terrifying. I'm not really. I'm not afraid of sharks, so it doesn't really do it for me. Yeah, but are you are you afraid of being abandoned in the ocean? W- no, with no one around you and dying of starvation with sharks, shark infested water wanting to nip at your. That is kind of ironic. Open Water versus American Graffiti. American Graffiti does make a reappearance. Shabam! We're going to give it to American Graffiti. Number one. Chad, is your music ready? Oh, wait. No, it's (laughs) not. Because Bronson and Mike just got the sweep. Mark, mark my words. We're going to be talking in ten years, and people will mention Tom Tom Hardy's role in perform- and Bronson as being Bro- yeah. like one with of the best. The, of the last. Do you think 30. he'll have like a lifetime achievement award with this music playing in the background? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Turn that off. Well, our final list. I'm yeah, just gonna you, run you, it you down. Can, you can count number them down. five, Pie. Number four, My Left Foot. Number three, Rocky. Number two, American Graffiti. Number one, Bronson. I never thought I'd put a list together with Bronson as number one as the winner, but hey. Open Water should have been on there. Producer Michelle. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. We'll be back next week. we got a special guest returning for the probably last time. Can't wait to have her back. We're excited to have her. My favorite judge now. Yeah, I believe that. Since Michelle just... Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 5FilmPod. (laughs) Quit your whining. (laughs) We'll be back next week. See you guys. Bye. Dump the coop. <laughs> I see we've started a tradition here. <laughs> that is correct. Number one. Which actress was originally offered the role of Clarice Starling in Silence of the Lambs? Which actress was originally offered the starring role of Clarice? Hmm. Who was big at that time? I'm going to go with Julia Roberts. Michelle Pfeiffer. I could have given you options, but I didn't because I'm trying to stump the coop. You cheating. <laughs> you guessed before I was. If you were taking too long, I was going to ask you if you wanted a clue. Don't tell me I'm being unfair. It's stump the coop. Uh, no, I, I got to be better at this. In 1977, one ad for this film read, We Are Not Alone. Nineteen seventy seven, we are not alone. No options. Close encounters of the third kind. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah.
We almost lost the box here. I'm like manhandling Coop's box. That phrasing. So what? One right, one wrong. All right. I got to step up my game here. I'm not getting any more wrong. Mm. The tagline for this film stated, it was the end of innocence and the dawn of a nation's greatest glory. It was the end of innocence. It was the end of innocence and the dawn of a nation's greatest glory. I don't actually know if it was said like that. Probably not. Nation's greatest glory. It's tough. I feel like a hint would be cheating, but it has to do with boats and a war. Boats and a war. Yeah. I I feel like those are... Mike says it's a fairly recent film. I say stop giving hints away, Mike. Hmm. I get to play this game because I don't actually know any of the answers, but I get to pretend like I do. That's and tough. You look very confused. So I'm going to tell you what it is, and you're going to immediately Mastering be like, Commander. no, it's Pearl Harbor. Oh, that's crap. That's a crappy, crappy tagline. You're a crappy tagline. <laughs> and that's a crappy movie. Stump the Coop is a really bad name <laughs> when it's... It's a horrible movie. Terrible, Stump the Coop is a movie. bad name when it's so easy to do. Here's another one with a tagline that maybe you'll be better at. Uh, for this 2000 film, stated, a hero will rise. That's Gladiator. Bingo. 2000. In high fidelity, one of John Cusack's record store employees is played by Jack Black, whose real-life two-man band is called what? This is cheating. I know, I know that. Don't, Michael. Mike, don't, don't, don't give it away. I see you with your mind, your creepy mind skills. No, I know it. It's, I'm drawing a mad blank right now. This won't count towards your loss. Can I step in and answer Sure. Tenacious D. Tenacious D. That doesn't count, though, because it wasn't a movie question. No, it was a music question, but I knew it, too. I'm drawing... Um, Today's like... Because I was drinking wine earlier. <laughs> yeah, okay. Excuses, excuses. So today's tagline day here at the podcast. One tagline for this 1979 film read, These are the armies of the night. They are 100,000 strong. They outnumber the cops five to one. They could rule New York. Warriors. The Warriors. Okay, listen, Chad's the one that went down, not went down on me. That's not what I meant. The Warriors. I got in trouble for saying that it was the network, not network. So I'm just trying to keep things a little consistent here. We're going to be snobs. We got to be real snobs about it. We do got to be. Congratulations. So I'm I'm winning record. That's your first, I think. I went two for five last week and I think two for five the week before. But from this week on. Now that you're going to study these. climbing. I'm going to find that he's going to no. study all these I cards. will not study them. But he's them. still going to do this like, do that. Mm, ah, I don't know. What am I? No, I would never study. That's mm. wrong. And I, when it comes to movie trivia or movies Kids in general, studying I will never. Studying is, is good. School is good. Where you need to study, do well. And on that note, I'm definitely going to keep posting Stump the Coop. Mike Glendon and Chad. Right now? No, no, no. no, no. You got to keep them fresh. Keep them real. <laughs> the coup has not been stumped this week, but kind of. 